got next. This is Free Association with Donovan Bennett and J.D. Bunkus. What's up, everybody? This is Free Association. I am J.D. Bunkus. He is Donovan Bennett. Coming to you after Canada Weekend. Beautiful little Canada Weekend. I got a little too much sun. You were beaking me. You, you joined me on the radio show last week on Good Show. You were giving me some trash talk about going to Toronto Island. But it was an awesome time. Went out to the beach and swam around. The water's actually completely fine. I have a buddy who works in water. Told me that it's blue-rated, which is, is the highest rating you can have when it comes to water quality. In terms of swimmable, I don't think you should drink it, but you can sure wade around in it and wade around in it. I did. The Jonathan Devaris signing came through. Got LeBron later in the afternoon. We're just a beautiful, beautiful day in a great city in a great country. There's no way it's the best water quality. It's the highest. The that's highest impo- they do. I mean, that's impossible. It's not the highest in terms of like the drinking rating, but when they rate beaches that you can swim in, it's apparently blue rated, which so, is the highest. So you can Lake go. Ontario and Pacific Ocean, same thing. Like you're swimming at in Hawaii and you're swimming, but there's a difference at the island, but, and no, no difference. But there's a difference between where the water comes from, right? So like that's why that doesn't face the city. So all the beaches that aren't facing the city basically end up being okay. Like they're totally fine. I see ducks that like. Ducks? I, yeah, I see. Yeah, so what about a duck? You think no, a duck can my affect point, that I, body of water? No, I see ducks who are like, mm, I can't do it. Oh, can't yeah. do it. <laughs> no, trust me. There was plenty of duck feathers in that water, enough to know that they, they're going in. How was your Canada Day? It was great. I was working. Yeah, but I saw I saw a picture of you out in the wild. I thought that you got out. I thought I saw a Graham story. Were you, yeah, were you reposting? I thought I saw you with like it's a backwards hat and a... I don't sure. know. Someone on Instagram. Christy Pitts might That's where be you the went? wild. That's where you, you hit? I, I, had I don't know. It was black and white. I, I couldn't really tell. There were some trees around. In the wild. I, there were some trees around. We have a couple in the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a freezy. Okay. I, I, yeah, that's I, it. I didn't go backpacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that freezy looked good, though. It was, it was outstanding. Yeah, so what'd you do? I no, but on... after, where'd you go for Christy Pitts? Like, you wouldn't watch a Toronto Blue Jays base, or a Toronto Maple Leafs baseball game? No, the, uh, this is, this is not a story that nobody cares about. No, they do. That's why no, people listen to this. No, they care it's, about it's not why they listen. That was, I worked Monday on, on Tim and Sid. That picture was from Sunday, um, but it was still in your stories because stories are 24 hours. Right. And me and my wife got up in the morning. We did a interval track workout. And then we got a freezy and walked and hung out in Christie Pits. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that... So everyone's on interval workouts now, right? Like, this is the new thing. This is the new rage. Everybody that I know that's actually in good shape is all about the hard interval workouts. Push yourself when that resting heartbeat doesn't come all the way down. Active recovery. See, I'm kind of a lazy workout guy. I'll work out, I'll push hard, and then I like to just take, like, a 15-minute break between doing any next set of anything. Well, I don't I think mean, that's good. The guys who are going to gold and pumping out, like, max bench, I mean, that's interesting. And I mean, if you want to make a lot of noise, but how often in life are you lying on your back trying to push weight off of you? Like, if that happens in a football game, then it wasn't a good play. <laughs> like, so congratulations on your max bench, but that's not helping you be a better athlete. You know what, though? I've thought about this because... One thing I've never been really great at is chin-ups. I don't know if I have the technique or I've never been able to build up the muscles for it. And I've just always been terrible. No matter how much time I spend in the gym, I can never do more than like 15 chin-ups. Like it's just like that's the maximum I can possibly hit. 
And I've always thought about this is the most practical workout you can have in terms of survival. Like if I ever fell off of something, having not only the grip strength to hold on, but then the ability to pull myself up. And I think about that every single time I try to do chin-ups where I'm just like, this is all you need to do. You should only practice chin-ups. There's no other practical workout. Well, if you're in Europe uh, and you're an immigrant and you save a baby based off that strength, you that get guy. citizenship and a job. Or you become a firefighter. If you're in Russia, though, you might screw up and fall to your death like that guy in the video did you not it's, it's kind of a shady video i didn't really want to watch it i saw it on someone's twitter feed but this guy trying to hang off the side of the building and then he just like whoop he's just gone uh, just no, disappears. i didn't see that lat pull downs an exercise you can do to to improve your, your chin-up game pull downs eh? Yeah. i'm gonna have to look into that again i i know like you you're mr modest this summer donovan bennett is mr modest you're walking through here you get more swole by the day <laughs> not at and, all actually and and you're just walking exactly you're like i don't know what everyone's talking about it's like no i've never seen you this jacked the entire time i've known you this is probably like what you looked like back in university when you were running back you're no, you're all the way back close. You're all the way back. No, not close. Yeah. And so much so that uh, my wife is like, you should really cancel your gym membership because you don't go. Like at one point, are you going to cancel it or put it on hold? I so, I, so I literally don't know what you're talking all about. All I see on, again, your Instagram stories, which is all I know about your life. Uh, I know as much as anybody else, right? Like you're a very secretive guy. I want to bring this up on a different podcast. I'm glad I'm remembering it now. Every time I try to text with you anything, you text me like it's a robot, like it's an automated reply. Like I never get any type of human emotion from you in a text. It's just, okay, sure, I'll be there. It's nothing else. There's no color. There's no flair. It's just very business. And even when I've tried to crack jokes about your texting in text, I'll get nothing back. Hey, so I just know the Instagram story a, life. A wise man once said nothing at all. Yeah, okay. It's economy <laughs> of words. Keep, it, keep it short and get off your phone. All right. Well, then, speaking of which, let's get to the stuff. So I thought we were going to start with LeBron James and the Raptors fallout, but the Warriors hijacked the one thing that NBA fans or that they don't normally win now, that they we don't expect them to win. They're treading into new territory. We thought that LeBron could win the offseason, and it's not appearing that way. They go out and they sign DeMarcus Cousins to the baby, the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is $5.3 million. They get him on a one-year deal. And now I know he's not going to return until somewhere around January. It's being reported. Well, not according to him. He thinks he's going to be back sooner? He claims he will be back for training camp. So we'll see. If that's three months away. If I'm him, I don't want to push it at all. I feel like one of the benefits of going to a contender is that you don't need to rush back and that you'll be able to show your value later in the season. But let's start with the Warriors and then work our way into LeBron and all of the LeBron fallout. The Warriors were going to win anyway. They were, pro- they were probably going to win anyway. What, how, do you know, how do you know that? Because, That's ridiculous. Because you the, thought the Warriors were going to win last year, and, and they, they almost did. lost to the Rockets. Yeah, they almost lost to the Rockets, and they didn't have Andre Iguodala in that series, who's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Rockets didn't have Chris Paul. For two games, yeah. And, and I thought that the, the two Warriors— two games that they lost. Yeah, and I thought that the Warriors kind of coasted they were leading at the half. Yeah, I know. Listen, the Rockets gave them a really good push, a better push than I ever thought they were going to. That said, the Rockets are going to come back next season worse, and the Warriors are going to come back next season better. That's just the way that it is. They're losing Trevor Ariza, who is the best Kevin Durant defender that they have on that team, and they're not replacing him with anyone of significance. They potentially have a Ryan Anderson move, but really, the Warriors are going to win next year. I don't disagree, but we also should remember that this was the first year that that Rockets group that was thrown together played together. Yep, and it was also a year where Chris Paul got hurt, and I don't think that Chris Paul getting hurt is some wild anomaly where, oh, 
well, he's going to definitely be healthy next year. This is a player who is always hurt, and he's only another year older, and he's only got another injury under the belt. And if they're ever going to beat the Warriors, they showed a fatal flaw in that series, which is that you need to play Chris Paul 40 minutes a night, and if you don't, you're going to lose. And if you do, he's probably going to break down. Or just don't miss 27 consecutive threes. I mean, that like, was that was something. What are the chances that happens again? I don't disagree with that. I think that the Rockets had a legitimate chance. I just feel as though that window was very small and that the Rockets are kidding themselves a little bit into thinking that it's a bigger window than we're discussing it is right now. So the Warriors go out and they get to Marcus Cousins. And so I guess your first assessment of this is that the season is not a wrap that you believe that someone will emerge and actually challenge a team that has five all-stars, the first team ever to have three scorers who had 25 points in a season last year, a team with, I would say, five of the best 15, 17 players in the NBA. And that's not even including Andre Iguodala, who, again, one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, one of the best bench players in the NBA. It is not a wrap on July 3rd. Would I pay money... For the Warriors to win a championship? Or would I pay money against it? Of course not. I think they are the favorite. I think they were before. I think they are more now. But do we know what Boogie Cousins is going to be coming off an Achilles, an injury where one leg atrophies because you can't do anything? And, you know, there's been some models that saying that you are 8% less athletic after coming off of Achilles injury in a sport where an Achilles is pretty important. Mm -hmm. Especially for a guy who's who's uh, closer to 300 pounds than he is 200 pounds, that's not certain. Do we know for certain how Boogie Cousins is going to coexist in the joyful Steve Kerr universe, where they weren't that joyful last year? The Draymond and Katie were in texts all over the place, and now they're going to be on the same team. How is that going to work? Especially when David West was was alluding to some inner strife, and David West may not be around to police that locker room. That's an issue. How do they close games? Are they going to close with the Hampton Five? Are they going to play big? Someone who doesn't guard the pick and roll, which is what the Rockets do. They exploit you to death. In a high-leverage situation, Spooky Cousins is going to be okay if Jordan Bell is playing ahead of him. All of these things are fascinating and make it so that's not a fate of complete. So are they the favorites? Yes. But the Lakers with Carl Malone and Gary Payton were heavy favorites. The Lakers with Dwight Howard and Steve Nash we're heavy favorites. They didn't win. To say that it's a wrap would be crazy, especially when their two best players have had a history of injury, and that's Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Okay, fine. The only point that you made that made any sense into why it's not a wrap was the final one, which is Steph Curry and Kevin Durant could get hurt. And again, you'd need both of those guys to get hurt. How DeMarcus Cousins fits into this locker room First of all, DeMarcus Cousins has been a bad teammate because he's been in bad situations. You put him into a winning culture where they know the goal and the rainbow is going to be a big fat contract for DeMarcus Cousins and winning a championship. I have a hard time believing that even a guy like with his track record is going to sewer that situation. Well, we I had think a he's pod- going to be absolutely fine. We had a podcast earlier this year where we said at, around the trade deadline, is DeMarcus Cousins at this point because of his behavior yep. untouchable? And we both agreed yes. Yeah. And so... But this is it. This is the perfect situation. We've seen this before. This is this is the Patriot way, right? If you have an organization that is completely stable, you can take on a Randy Moss because you know that they will buy into the culture and that you have enough leadership on your team that if 
it doesn't work out with that player. If it does work out, you're probably going to get the, their best version. And if it doesn't, the Warriors will just simply walk away from this guy. Right, but They're the, pa- keep the Patriots on the team. traded Randy Moss, and they didn't win a championship with but him. But that's just it, is that they ended up dumping a Randy Moss because it was like once he became more of a problem than he was worth, they got rid of him. And that's what the Warriors are going to do with DeMarcus Cousins. This is the ultimate luxury here. There's no downside to DeMarcus Cousins. I can't believe that there's this well, the, false narrative floating the, well, around. No, those about, are two different things. Saying that there's no downside is not the same as saying that they're going to for sure win a championship. Yeah, I think I agree. There's no downside, win. but that doesn't mean that the championship is locked and loaded. Yeah, I do, I, and I and I see this player as okay. You're right. There's going to be some situations where they're not going to close with Demarcus Cousins potentially, but having Demarcus Cousins, this one weapon that actually really gave the Warriors problems, the one guy that Draymond Green really struggled to defend and that the Warriors kind of had to acclimate to, it really does change the focus for a couple of reasons. One is that the Warriors now have this added weapon, who again, they should take their time with and they probably will take their time with. That's an athlete mentality to always beat the injury timeline, but clearly if the doctors are telling him, you're going to hurt yourself again and that's going to cost you a whole bunch of money, He'll probably take it easy. This team doesn't need him to come back and compete right away. They're not going to miss a playoff spot or even lose a seating without him. The second part is what I mentioned before is that Boogie Cousins was rumored to go to the Lakers. And while I wasn't wild about the fit, he was also linked to the Boston Celtics. You're talking about a player who has been in the past wildly effective against the Warriors. And so you took not only a piece that is very competitive against you or that really hurts you, and but you added it to your own team, even if it doesn't work out, you've like stashed him away and you're like hiding him and saying, you know what? I, I don't want anybody else to have him. It's like when you're on a fantasy football team and your team is super rich and you decide to draft a second quarterback ahead of everybody just so you can stash him and nobody else has him. Like that's the Boogie Cousins move to me. And I guess what this comes down to is, is this good for the league? Because I see people rushing out to Twitter and I tweeted this last night trying to defend the Warriors like it's well within their rights and. This player movement is great for the NBA, and I don't. I think it's absolute trash. I don't want to sit here on July 3rd and basically know who is going to win the championship. I don't want to see five all-stars on one team. I don't want to see every single meaningful player in the NBA in one conference and on three different teams. Are you not going to watch? I am going to watch. You're going to boycott? I'm going to watch, but I'm saying that there isn't the joy of competition here. Like, it's not a competitive league. You can't sell hope to anyone other than five years down the line, four years down the line. You think some the other Boston teams? Celtics fans don't have hope right now? You don't think they're starting line they're delusional if they Kyrie do. Irving, they're delusional. Gordon Hayward. They won't get a game. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Won't get a game. And Al Horford. Won't get a game. That's a five-man unit that actually fits. That makes sense together. And they have Won't an outstanding coach. And they still have game. assets to get more players. They better. They better go out and get Kawhi no, now. But, but, if but they want to have but, any but hope of competing this year. But the season doesn't start tomorrow. You still have the rest of free agency. You still have the trade deadline. Sure. And if you think that anybody in this time is going to be able to put together better than two MVPs, a finals MVP, a 25-point-per-game big man who can shoot from outside and take you inside and bully you just about everywhere the best defensive player on the planet and the best defensive outside perimeter player in Clay Thompson, who also happens to be one of the best shooters of all time. I don't know what to tell you. Like you're not beating that team. You're not even beating that team. If you're the Celtics and you get Kawhi, it's not just about a collection of stars. It's about players that fit. If it was about stars, Argentina would still be playing in the world cup. It's about chemistry and, and having a system that the Warriors works. don't have chemistry. They do, but now, will they continue to have it? We'll see. I think see. they will, man. That's like why that, we watch. This is why you have to bring in new players, right? You bring in new blood, you bring in new players, and it shifts the locker room a little bit. I think that the Warriors, 
I think that they ahead. read their own press clippings a lot, and that when they put out that stuff, like David West said, of, you don't know how hard it was here. You don't know the difficulties we had. But you don't it's know. So that people, you it's so that people validate it a little differently, or that they try to trick a few people. You think David West cares about your validation? I do. I think you that really they all think do. David West. Of I all think people. that every single one of those Warriors players is well aware of the public perception around them, and that their rings are just stack the deck rings that don't count the same as others. They won't. We'll always look at these not with an asterisk. This is so different. Like people point to. LeBron James and say, well, what did he do when he went to Miami? He went to a terrible team in Miami. They weren't doing anything. They hadn't done anything for years. He went and just single-handedly brought one other all-star and all of a sudden they're making finals trips. That's not the same as having a team where you added to a 73-win team already an MVP and now another all-star. Whoa. Like, it's not the when same. When he went, people complained and cried and they moaned did. about it the same way they you did. are now. I'm just so saying. So what's the difference? No, the difference is that this is the ugliest I've ever seen the state of basketball. I don't know how a casual fan could watch this league and give a crap. There's so many fun things. We'll talk ourselves into many things. We'll be just doing this podcast. We'll be discussing how fun it is watching a guy like OG Ananobi take a step forward, watching the Celtics and the Sixers clash with it one another. But ultimately, it will always be through this prism that the Warriors are going to win and that there's not going to be anything that's going to change that reality. No matter how much you try to spin potential injuries or locker room cancers or the Celtics and their team play with Brad Stevens. Everybody's going to get smoked. Nobody has a chance against this Warriors team. And the worst part about it is we finally entered an off season where we thought there was going to be some change because LeBron James joined the Lakers. So let's go there now. I'm wildly underwhelmed. I never thought I would be, but LeBron James goes to the Lakers and... I thought we were going to see something where it was maybe DeMarcus Cousins joining him and maybe Paul George joining him and that they would flip for Kawhi Leonard or that they could be patient with Kawhi Leonard because they were going to put a couple of stars around LeBron. I don't see how this situation is better than Cleveland. You're in the Western Conference. You're in a tougher conference. But as of now, I'm looking at this saying, Rajon Rondo can't shoot. Luonzo Ball can't shoot. Your most reliable second option is Brandon Ingram, who I have high hopes for, but we haven't really seen it all come together yet. I just don't even see how any of these pieces fit or what their starting lineup would even resemble. Well, one, all those guys were signed to one-year deals. Yeah. So they're stopgaps. LeBron signed to a three-plus-one, something that he never did for Dan Gilbert. Mm -hmm. So the amount of loyalty, if we were going to use that word, which is a word you should never use in sports, the amount of trust, let's, let's use that word, that he's giving this front office, hey, I'm going to be here for a minute. So you can take your time with this, and you can pitch free agents saying, hey, if you want to come, LeBron's going to be here for a while. That's not a luxury that Dan Gilbert ever had. And to be fair, it hamstrung the Cavs organization and their ability to recruit stars. Because why would you go there not knowing if LeBron was going to be there long term? So does this make sense for the 2018 season? No. But you're going to have all that money coming off the books in 2019 when there's a bunch of stars on the board, does it make sense at this point to give up major assets to go and get Kawhi Leonard? I would argue no. So you, I would argue so you're going to punt on a season with LeBron James, who's you, 33 years old, turning 34. Were you going to beat the Warriors anyways? Aha! Uh-huh. I don't I think you can, but that's but that's but, the problem but, here. But can you in a year with all that free money and Kawhi comes with no assets and maybe you you couple him with another star, maybe you go get Kemba or whoever the free agent du jour is or or bring in another contract via trade. The point is, if LeBron brings just one ring to L.A. in the next three or four years, that will be a success. I agree. And so it's all about probability. 
I think you really just say, listen, we're going to get it percolating for one year. We go hard the next year. The year when the Warriors have some decisions. Durant can opt out because he's on a one plus one. They have to figure out if they're going to pay Draymond. They have to figure out if they're going to pay Clay. Now, Boogie will be off of their books. And so when it gets a little bit more difficult for the Warriors moving forward, that's when L.A. becomes even more attractive. Listen, I'm not saying this is the route I would have taken. Yeah. But I do think that in a lot of that madness, there is some method. And I do think the Rondo signing was a shot to the Ball family. Saying, oh, really, you want to leak out that you're injured so that we can't trade you? Guess what? We may not even play you. What I do find interesting, though, is, like I said, punting on a season where you have the best player on the planet in his post-prime, let's say. Like, he's going to be 34 years old to start next season. What's the alternative? The alternative is that you don't risk the Paul George situation because I think Paul George actually kind of screwed this whole thing up. Yep. If Paul George goes to the Lakers, we're kind of cooking with gas here because now you can flip those assets and get Kawhi and talk yourself into it. You have three of the best wing players in the NBA, two of which don't need the ball, two of which actually seamlessly fit with LeBron James. I can talk myself into that group. Paul George goes back to Oklahoma City. I don't know what the hell he's thinking about other than he's petty. And he's upset that his hometown Lakers didn't do enough to go out and get him. There's got to be something there, right? Like there has to be something along the lines of he doesn't either want to play with LeBron or he doesn't like the way that he was handled by that organization. You'd rather play with Westbrook, the guy who took 40 shots when you lost to the Jazz? I mean, he's had two chances to play with LeBron now. He's declined both opportunities. And this is why I get upset when people are upset at the Warriors for sacrificing one money and two shots to play with other great stars. Because that's not... I hate when people put it under that. Like, oh, yeah, you're sacrificing. So this what, isn't what, you're sacrificing to play with a better team and to have a chance. This they is are sacrificing to play no, on a better team. That's exactly what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, but you're sacrificing it to win a championship. It's a signed, sealed, delivered championship. It's a very different story. It's not signed, sealed, and delivered, and it's still a sacrifice. My only point is this. I don't want to really litigate that. Is that all those guys have sacrificed shots and money. They all have. What a sacrifice. Evidently it is. Because you know who didn't do that? Paul George. Paul George didn't have to sacrifice money, and he probably wouldn't have to sacrifice shots, and he didn't want to go to L.A. So you want to get mad about these players not wanting to compete at high level? I'm mad at Paul George, too. Go get mad at Paul George, because if he goes to L.A., this is super interesting. I can be mad at a lot of people. You're right. I think Paul George going there makes a lot of sense. I don't know why he went, other than maybe they didn't stroke his ego enough, and that maybe he really did fall in love with living in Oklahoma City and being the second banana to Russell Westbrook. Here's what I actually think. Before you go on, we should mention that this is now two all-stars, Paul George and Kyrie Irving, who both did not want to play with LeBron James. Well, that's where I'm going to with Kawhi. So so you can buy me as many Beats by Dre headphones and and make me wear a suit all you want. This is where I'm going with Kawhi. But all-stars evidently don't want to play with him unless they were in his draft year. Paul George turns down the opportunity to go to L.A. What I think happened, my guess, just looking at it from the outside and kind of guessing. I believe some of it. I think that he likes Oklahoma City. I think he and Russell what, Westbrook get along. You think he likes Oklahoma City? No, I, I think that he felt embraced by the organization. I think they stroked his ego properly. Like, I think the meeting him at the airport and giving up assets to get him and bringing him to Oklahoma City and pitching him all year long and, and focusing on him as their number one option was a big mover for him as opposed to the Lakers that kind of took them for granted a little bit, where they're saying, we don't need to trade for you. We know you're going to come here. We're going to risk it. We don't want to pull the Carmelo Anthony deal, give a bunch of pieces up for a player that's going to come here anyways. Then this free agency hits. 
And it's all about courting LeBron James, which fair, rightfully so. He's the greatest player on the planet. But they're given, they leak that pitch to Paul George and it's like, ah, well, you were dreaming. We were dreaming too. You know, here we go. Come home to LA. You were always meant to be here, but we're not really focused on you. We've got the King and now we're shifted focus on Kawhi Leonard. We really want Kawhi and we're willing to do for Kawhi Leonard what we weren't willing to do for you, which is give up assets for a player who is making it known that he wants to come here. And I think that coupled with how much Oklahoma City was showing him love versus how far down the pecking order he felt in Los Angeles, that that kind of created this perfect storm where he went back to OKC. The tragic part of this is that I think what we found out about Paul George is that he is a super elite three. Like in this era of star teams and stacked teams, I think Paul George is your third option on a really good team. We saw him as the second option with an MVP last year. And they got smoked out by the Jazz. Joe Ingles was snatching his lunch money right in front of him saying, you're not as good as me. Like, I'm going to outplay you in this series. And he did, game after game, even with the trash talk. Paul George was not impressive in that series. That Oklahoma City Thunder team was not impressive. Can I see them taking a step forward? Yeah, but what's that step? Second round of the playoffs? Like, they're not getting any farther than that. Not in this Western Conference. So, I think the Lakers have a part to blame in this. And I also think that Paul George not knowing really what he is in the NBA, in this NBA, heard it as well. The way their season ended, for them to run this team back virtually the same yeah. makes no sense. No, it makes no sense. And then there's that other point that you made, which is playing with LeBron James. How much do guys want to go to the circus where everything is about LeBron and LeBron's legacy and you don't even get to be a part of that legacy, essentially? Like Kyrie Irving hit the biggest shot for the Cleveland Cavaliers, played incredible during his tenure there. And it's really not like we litigate as to what Kyrie Irving is in the pantheon of of NBA players or where that moment ranks. We don't even talk about Kevin Love playing defense on Steph Curry and his injury the year before, what he meant to them last year. Like Kevin Love is this massive afterthought now. It was all about LeBron James. And I think that some of these guys don't like having him take all of the limelight and that they can see the writing on the wall that at some point he is going to slow down. And that's not going to come with what used to be a guaranteed championship in the Warriors era. So you're looking at the Warriors and saying, that team's going to win. There are other better basketball situations for me, say like Boston. I can go join a younger team in Philadelphia potentially, although that doesn't even look that appealing right now. But LeBron James doesn't represent what he used to, which was the guaranteed finals trip, which was the guaranteed getting an opportunity to to wear a ring. Now that's the Warriors. Now, if you're looking at it logically, because he's left the Eastern Conference, that makes more sense to go to the Celtics or the Sixers. I just don't see what the massive upside is of joining LeBron James, unless you're going on mass, if you're going with Kawhi Leonard and you're going with another guy, like we know he needs two other guys to beat this Warriors team, right? At least. Right. So I just think that some of the bloom is off the rose there that we've seen the end of LeBron James being able to be an elite recruiter. And I think that you're seeing a little bit in this off season with Paul George resigning there and Boogie Cousins leaving. They remind me of Doc Rivers when he first went to the Clippers, like going out and get all the guys that I used to compete against, like Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee. And I'm going to sign my, my free agent, my own guy in KCP. It's just, it's, it's an ugly fit. I don't like this Lakers team. I uh, disagree with you about flipping for Kawhi, but I think that's kind of why they're still under the gun to do it. I don't know if he's leaving. I think there's a real chance he resigns. And then if you're the Lakers, you're really hoping that your best chance is Kevin Durant opting out of his deal and deciding to join LeBron. Here's the issue. The entire league knows that, including R.C. Buford and the San Antonio Spurs. So 
when LeBron went to LA, the price went up. When Cousins went to the Warriors and you were a little bit more desperate, the price went up. When Paul George went back to Oklahoma City, the price went up. You don't have this done now. The leverage has switched from the Lakers and well, Kawhi's upset. You got to move him to now the Spurs. We can ride this out. We're not Somebody the Cavs. Will give us something. We're not. We're not just going to give away Kyrie for nothing. We saw how that went. So if I'm LA, I'm I, I, I'm not giving you Kuzma and Ingram and a pick for Kawhi. I'm not even giving you Kuzma and Ingram. I'm hoping that you'll take Lonzo and Kuzma plus a pick. That's my hope. If they offer me that today, I think I have to do it just because I can't risk having LeBron James go into the wilderness for two seasons looking for a partner, looking for a Kemba Walker. But the issue is, and it's the same issue that the Knicks had when they made the deal with the Nuggets, if you give that up, yeah, you get the player and you get the best player in the deal, so you win the deal. Fine. But the goal is to win the championship. And does that group give you a chance to do that if the answer is no you might as well but don't take you think risk. the risk is worth trading for him now at this point because of those two eastern conference teams that could be in on Kawhi Leonard that would be looking for that piece and how nice those destinations might be once you get there like can you rule out him going to Boston like let's say now Boston really does look at this and say you know what we'll move Jalen Brown we're being silly we're overthinking this Jalen Brown might be Kawhi Leonard he is Kawhi Leonard and it's we're not talking about trading for someone who's 30 years old Kawhi Leonard is still plenty young, and if you think he's healthy, you should do this deal, bring him into this group. All of a sudden, you're looking at it and saying, ah, maybe we actually can push the Warriors. Maybe we can come to the East and be dominant of the East. And you have that sales pitch to Kawhi Leonard of, first of all, we went out and got you. We wanted you here. Second of all, you're going to be a massive celebrity. You're in Boston. It's one of the most visible markets in the NBA. Third, we're going to compete now and for a while. You've got Jason Tatum with you. You've got Terry Rozier with you. You've got Al Horford with you. You've got Gordon Hayward with you. You've got Kyrie Irving with you. We're going places. We're going to keep winning. We still have picks. I'm saying in that trade, if you're giving up Jalen Brown, you probably get to keep that Sacramento pick. That's got what top one protected next year. You've got a Memphis pick in the pipeline. You've got a whole bunch of nice, pretty assets to build now and forever. I'm not sure Kawhi Leonard leaves that situation just because he wants to live out in L.A. Like we saw play out with Paul George. And I know that there's the mellow example. I just think if you're Los Angeles and you're Magic Johnson, you can't roll the dice because the other options are so attractive. And we just saw a guy re-sign in Oklahoma City. Even that transaction alone, opting out to go back, makes no sense. But don't so- you think that we've learned something about Kawhi, though, that he's easily influenced? Or not easily influenced, but that he can be influenced. Ego does matter to this player. We used to think basketball robot, no emotion goes into play. Just what's the best basketball situation? I'm a spur. I want to do what's best for the spurs. I want to get better as a basketball player. If the Lakers don't pony up and trade for him, and he looks at it and says, you wouldn't give up Kyle Kuzma to get me? Like you were really clutching on to Kyle Kuzma? And the Celtics over here went out and gave something up for me and tried to build around me and gave me this real sales pitch and tried to keep me all year? The logical move is to, if you have your best chance at winning, it's to roll the dice and go for next year. Hope that a guy like DeMarcus Cousins moves on and takes a big contract somewhere else. Hope maybe that Kevin Durant ends up leaving and he's had enough of this, this farce that he decides to say, I'm opting out, I'm going to take a big deal somewhere else, I'm going to do it on my own. Hell, I'd rather even if he joined LeBron James in Los Angeles. I'm too worried about potentially losing out on Kawhi and then what the aftershock is that for the Lakers down the line. But here's the part of this that we're not accounting for. I believe with every fiber in my body Mm -hmm. that all these parties have talked. Kawhi has talked to LeBron. LeBron has talked to Kawhi. Kawhi has talked to Magic. Magic has talked to Kawhi. Magic has talked to LeBron. Sure, but can things change that Magic thought that they had Paul George wrapped up? That's why they didn't trade for him. Kawhi has shown us 
he's not afraid to sit out a season. Mm-hmm. Like Kyrie Irving said, hey, if you don't trade me, I'm just going to get this knee operation. I think you could have called his bluff. Sure, get the operation. You're going to come back from it at some point. Kawhi has shown, not only will he not sit out a season, he's not going to work out in your building. He's going to work out on the other side of the country. So if he says, hey, listen, they may trade you to Boston. They may keep you. Whatever they do, the seafood in Boston is outstanding. Enjoy your time there. And then when you're when the deal is up, you go from Boston to L.A., to the other side of the rivalry. Like I I'm said, that saying, sounds all fine. I don't see that there's not a, a real risk there. I see a real, real risk. I see someone showing up in Boston, seeing all of the banners, seeing the building, talking to Kyrie, talking to Hayward, talking to Horford, Brad Stevens. I'm not letting someone be coached by Brad Stevens for an entire year and, and thinking that that person is going to willingly leave it. Like, especially to go to Luke Walton. There's a lot of risk. I yeah, think you have to get it done. True, but you're going to pay a premium if you get it done now. And Ty goes to the Eastern Conference team. The Celtics could present a package to the Spurs that is not as good as maybe what the Lakers offer. And the Spurs say, yeah, sure, because you're on the other side of this conference. If that and, happens, that and helps. I, and I'm not going to help the Lakers. If that happens, that helps. But I think the Lakers still got a pony up. Let's talk Raptors follow-up. Before we do, though, I lost the read, the actual package read that the advertising people put together for us. I can't open up my email. We can speak to the power of this product ourselves. It's SN Now, which is is a product that I think both of us already use. We do. It's a really excellent product. You know know when I used it last? We had a weekend in sports. You use the word, oh, wow. I use a guy what? Like, I'll get a push alert. And I'm like, guy what? Russia just... Beats what am I, Owen Wilson? When do I or, say wow? Oh, you, wow. you said wow earlier in this podcast. Re- re- <laughs> rewind the tape. The Leafs actually got Tavares. LeBron is going to LA. This weekend, there's so many crazy things in sports where you couldn't just actually like, oh, I'm going to read the text and I'm done. No, you had to get the analysis, break it down, see what people were saying. So I went to the Sportsnet now from Christy Pitts just to see what everyone was saying about Tavares, what everyone was saying about the World Cup. So that's why you need Sportsnet now. I use it a lot for dual screening. I like to use two screens, and I'll throw SN now up on the laptop. But yeah, you live stream the NHL, NBA, MLB, Premier League. If uh, that so fits you, you get 150 regular season matchups in the NBA. You get 190 Premier League games. I can't even believe there's that many Premier League games. Obviously, every single Blue Jay game plus 160 other marquee matchups. Uh, This is pretty good for a guy that doesn't have the read. But, yeah, and obviously all the hockey that your heart desires. You want to watch all the John Tavares games? What are you talking about? This is pretty good for a guy who doesn't have the read. You clearly found the read. No, I didn't. I, so I'm looking me- at the website. So you memorized how many Premier League <laughs> yeah, looking, games No, are it's hard. on the Sportsnet Now website. <laughs> so, yeah, go to Sportsnet Now website. Sign up. It's just snnow.ca. Get it. If you have a cable package, you can already watch it live. So you're good to go. Hey. But if you don't, if you're a cord cutter... It's the perfect thing for you to watch a bunch of live sports because you you know you need that. You don't want to go with some crappy, cheap streams that you have to close a million ads. We've all been to those horrible sites. You don't know what type of virus you're ending up getting. Like, just do the easy thing. It's going to be good. Go and, get us now. And here's the thing. And listen, our employers probably don't want us to say this, but we're here for you. We're advocating for you, the listener, because you are listening to this for free. So let's get back into the Raptors follow. So first of all, Raptors, they signed Fred Van Vliet. Two-year contract, a little over nine mil. On yourself. Beautiful deal, right? Like, it's a completely fine deal. I actually thought that the Raptors would try to get a little bit more term with Fred Van Vliet, but he hits free agency now in a year where everybody's going to have cap space, and it makes total sense for himself. And talk about, you're right, betting on yourself, that this guy ends up, like, now he's going to be paid more than just about anybody else from his draft class, right? Like, who's making more next year than Fred Van Vliet? 
good question. He's making bank. And then when he hits free agency, he's going to be a valuable commodity. We've, we've gone over Fred Van Vliet a lot, especially since I was a hater out of the gate. So I've had to make recompense or say sorry a million different times. Make what? Recompense. That's not a word. Or penance? Penance, but I thought recompense was also anyway. Maybe Might that's be. not. Maybe it's... I haven't been playing words with friends as much as you, apparently. Definition. Let's see here. Let's see, let's see. Make amends to someone, recompense to for loss or harm suffered. Okay. To compensate. Thank SAT you. words over yeah, here. Thank you. Thank you. Who oh, you rattled me there. I was like, oh God, that's embarrassing making up a word on the pod. But to me, if I'm rebuilding the Raptors and I'm protecting three assets. Fred Van Vliet is among the three assets that I'm protecting. I think that really means something considering the Raptors' depth in, on their bench and that it's all young guys and that you're looking at a lottery pick that I'd be passing up in Yaka Pertle and I'd be saying, yep, he's free to go, Yak. You're the ninth overall pick, but you got to go. DeLon Wright, you're everything physically that Fred Van Vliet is not, and yet you got to go, and you're not even that much older than he is. But yeah, so... Great for Fred Van Vliet. Great for the Toronto Raptors. I'm, I'm really excited about his next season. I'm really excited about him moving forward. But, yeah, you can get a point guard who can shoot the way that he does, over 40% from three, that commands uh, a leadership role the way that he does. I think that all you needed to know about keeping Fred Van Vliet was in that Washington series. Would you not agree? Where the bench just was never even close to what it resembled throughout the regular season, and it was all just missing this one player who I think is the head of the snake. So good to have Fred Van Vliet back. It was something that we knew that they wanted to do. We knew that they were going to try to do. Uh, they got it done. I mean, the issue now is... The taxes. So for those who don't know, luxury tax is a sliding scale. So for every $5 million, you're above it to start. You pay one fifty on the dollar. Then it goes up for the next $5 million. Uh, to 175. The next five million, it's 250. The next five million after that, it's 325. If you are that high, then it is. It, it continues to go up by 50 cents. So it, the more you are above the tax for every five million that you add, the percentage of which you have to pay of tax goes up. I hope that made sense. Yeah, it did. The, and the Raptors are now three million dollars roughly below the most significant apron, the 126 apron, because they're sitting at about 123 million dollars worth of salary. But they have one more contract to sign, but they're going to just sign someone to a minimum deal and not hit that 126. Yes. They, but still, they're up against it. They have no flexibility. Really. The, and the issue is if they're in the tax for multiple years, you then pay the repeater tax, which is, looks like they're going to do because their contracts escalate at a higher level than the cap is projected to escalate. The roster, as you mentioned, is pretty much set. There's one spot left that's basically going to be for a minimum guy. They have no draft pick to add any cheap labor onto this team. At some point, someone is going to have to leave this equation for the, forget about the basketball to make sense, for the finances to make sense moving forward. Okay, so then let's go there. Again, LeBron James leaves the Eastern Conference, and there's a lot of jokes going on on Twitter because this is the offseason of making fun of the Raptors, which is fair because, again, we're all clamoring for respect, we all wanted people to talk about the Toronto Raptors, and they got swept out. They blew it. They fired their coach, who wins coach of the year. It's just been comical to a million different degrees. The Cavaliers didn't look very good. They limped into the finals. They ended up getting swept. This Raptors team appeared to be nothing close to what we had hoped it would be heading into the postseason. So the Raptors have been getting mocked. Everyone's ripping on them, saying this is the biggest free agent move that's ever happened to them. I don't disagree. <laughs> LeBron James leaving is huge. Guy's been to nine straight finals. Makes sense that this is a that this is a pretty important move for the Toronto Raptors, but you and I were talking about this last Friday. 
does this change your plan moving forward? Because it's already been reported by Michael Grange and Mark Stein and a few others that the Raptors pieces are available. They're, they're there to be had. You want Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka, you can have them. You want DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, they appear to be on the table. I don't know what kind of moves are out there. I don't think that there's one that makes you better right away, which is something that, you know, the Raptors have said they don't want to do, but is it something that you're still pursuing even with the King out of the East? Yes. Cause even money issues aside, this is not as presently constituted a championship team. No, it's not even an Eastern conference championship team. And so I need to do something dramatic just to shake up the chemistry of this team just to try something different because doing the same thing and expecting different results is insane what i'm saying is i really do believe that had the cavaliers lost that game seven to the indiana pacers i think the raptors would have made the nba finals last year i really do i think that they had that type of momentum i think that they were better than the celtics i think they were better than the sixers I don't think that anyone was going to knock them off. I think that they felt a familiar hurdle and it and it toppled them over and they lost and they bowed out way too easily. You do remember that they struggled to beat the Wizards. They beat them in six games. Wait, did they lose two of the Wizards? Now I'm even yeah, forgetting. Yeah, they lost two straight against the Wizards. They lost two. Yeah, they lost two. At, uh, yeah, they went two and two, right? It got all tied up. But then they ripped off the next two wins. But again, they didn't even have Fred Van Vliet. He came back and I thought things... If, if Fred Van Vliet is healthy... The Raptors probably wrapped that thing up in five. There was there was a couple of moments in game three, I think, that they should have been able to have it, especially when Bradley Beal fouled out. So I'm looking at that Raptors team and saying, I don't think that it's just a LeBron thing now. Now I think it's going to be tough for those guys to all show up at training camp and, and look at each other and, and see every single one of the same guys in there and think about the motivations for that this season and how it's going to change things. You've already pulled the cultural reset button with these players and the coach it's not an outside voice like it is a guy from within and I'm not saying that's a bad choice I've just always thought that if you decided to go with Nick Nurse that you needed to make more roster changes if you went with someone outside of the organization you could have potentially talked me into it but not right now I, I think that the Raptors need a breath of fresh air I think that they need something else new in that locker room someone that hasn't been a part of all those horrible losses and I always still look back to the DeMar DeRozan thing where he still, to me, seems like the real asset that you can move to get something. I just, I look at Jonas Valanciunas and Aaron Baines signs. I'm, I'm, Jonas Valanciunas is obviously better than Aaron Baines, but what Aaron Baines got two years, I think $11 million. Why are you paying $15 million a year for Jonas Valanciunas now? Like, I don't know what team looks out there and says, JV makes sense for our roster at that type of money when that's not the price that we're paying for that type of big man. Like DeMarcus Cousins, I know we went to the Warriors, but between five to six million for DeMarcus Cousins, over double that for JV. Cousins is an extreme circumstance. It is an extreme circumstance. There's no other all-star who would accept the mid-level exception. Sure, but I'm saying, like, what's the market for big men right now? Like, Yusef Nurkic is... Not as good as Jonas Valanciunas offensively, but he's better defensively. And we've learned time and time again that it's really difficult for these big players to stay on the floor in the playoffs against these elite teams that throw a bunch of wings at you. And I just think JV's value is quite diminished. And I don't see how you're moving off of him without packaging a younger player. The The real question is, can you get anything for Norm Powell? Can you get that money off the books? I'm more of a proponent that I believe in Norm Powell. I think that he'll have a bounce back season. 
I, I think there was too much there over the first couple of years. I think he might have learned a lesson this year that your game has to grow in the NBA, that you can't stay stagnant, and that he fell victim to that, that his shooting did not improve enough, his playmaking did not improve enough. And when he wasn't able to get his offense going by getting to the rim, that there was really no other secondary piece that he had added to his game. I think that he will focus hard in the offseason and try to add something. But I look at the rest of the roster, they need something new. And yet I just don't know what the piece that goes out is still because it just seems so inflexible. None of these teams have cap space. And the team doesn't appear to really want to take a step backwards. At least that's what they're saying publicly through Masai Ujiri. The Sixers ended the regular season last year winning 16 of their last games. Yep. They were on fire. They, they got exposed, they, though. In the playoffs, there's a team that is ascending. Mm-hmm. All of their players are young. They're going to be, you'd assume, better with that experience. They didn't get anything at all from their first overall pick in Markel Fultz. They're going to be better than the team they were a year ago. And to end the season, they were playing better basketball than the Raptors were. The Celtics were neck and neck with the Raptors for most of the season. They ended four games back. Gordon Hayward played nine minutes. He is more than a four-win player. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving played two-thirds of the season in his first year with a new team to start the year with a healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy Gordon Hayward. They were a much better basketball team than the Raptors, and that's not even baking in the internal improvement of Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum. Now, the, Raptors, the same for OG, though. I think that, that OG is actually on the Jalen Brown level of prospect. Well, that's what I was going to say, because right you, you can see internal improvement with this team as well. Mm-hmm. I think you can say that for their entire bench other than C.J. Miles, that they're going to take steps and improve. And OG would be the other guy in, in the starting unit. But if DeMar improves more, it'll be incremental, which is, is not another question because he continues to improve. Kyle, I think you're thrilled if you get the same year from him as you got a year ago. Running this team back, you can't do it and honestly expect the same results. You who can't are you expect trying to move anyone like, and everyone. You, just anyone, right? Like you're you're saying, listen, we just need something fresh. Who do you want? Everyone's on the table. We're listening on everyone. How far back are you willing to go just to get that breath of fresh air? Because like I've I, when we were last on here and I was pitching around some of those DeMar DeRozan trade rumors, like I think there's a few of those. Let's say the if they ended up doing that deal with the Bobcats or doing the, one of those deals with the Clippers, that you are taking a step backwards competitively. Like there's no way that you can sell it as we're going to be as good of a team or have as high of a ceiling, especially in the regular season, without a guy who made second All-NBA last year. They're not going to do this. So asking me what I would do is somewhat useless. If this was my team, I would say, in exchange for a young, intriguing player, or more likely a, a future pick or picks, anyone on this roster who's under the age of 24 is up for sale. Mm-hmm. They, I think that's happening. Though. They are in the window, come window shopping. I think that's what's happening, but I, I think that the problem here is everyone's seen what DeMar DeRozan looks like mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And I think that they're skeptical to say, well, why would we give up something significant when the Raptors were that good of a team and DeMar DeRozan fell apart that way in the postseason? And for a guy who there still has to be some skepticism about a, the lack of defense, because that's never been a part of his game and b the lack of three point shooting that he's just an easier player to game plan for as you get late in the season. And that what is DeMar DeRozan on a really good team? Like, is he, a third option, an elite six man that can come off your bench and get you some buckets. I don't know how he fits in. Like, think about DeRozan. If you took him out of this role 
and put him on the Golden State Warriors, for example, or on the Boston Celtics? Like, what does his game look like? How does he help them with the style of play that they invoke? I have tough times sometimes seeing exactly what DeMar is on other competitive teams. I know what he is here as a number one option, as a guy who has limitless room to operate in the offense by himself, but I don't know how he fits into another team. Like, he's an awkward fit. And the same goes for Kyle Lowry because his contract's so inflated as an older player. Serge Ibaka's completely immovable. JV, we already went over. Like, the four pieces that you'd like to move out, I, I don't know who is in the market for any of them, especially considering the tight cap space and the fact that you want to have open space a couple of years from now or a year from now when there's going to be more free agents and more cap space and it will go up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's actually happening because let's say take the Los Angeles Clippers, who I think would be happy to give you, you know, a first-round pick now and a first-round pick in the future that's protected for DeMar DeRozan. To, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I don't, I don't know why they would. It's not about why they would. It's would they. I think that's a little bit more flexible maybe than he leads on because, again, if they're trying to get into the draft, what did you have to offer? So other than those players. And and the Raptors seemed keen on doing that, and there was enough reports that they wanted those types of guys, and that would have come with getting less competitive now. But they're trying to get in the top 10 in yep. the draft, right? So that theoretically is someone who they thought was going to help their team right, right but, away. But again, the only way that you could have done that was to move off roster players that yep. you know really helped you now. So there was obviously some type of willingness to move a little bit backwards. True, but it would also move off salary, which mm-hmm. would open up a pathway for you yep. via free agency to add to your team. Maybe you go and you spend a little bit more money on Wayne Ellington, a guy who would fit your culture we'll, and shoot the three ball. We'll come in here and we'll bring a couple of guests in to do a more encompassing Raptors offseason outlook as it gets a little later. We've been meaning to do that. And we got to go, but I want to do two minutes on Basketball Canada because they were in the city last Friday and they were playing a big game against the Dominican Republic and it was flying way, 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 way under the radar. It was at Rico Coliseum and it was on zone. I tuned in to the Facebook broadcast. I didn't find a friend that wanted to go with me because the tickets to get in were not completely unreasonable. It was like 35 bucks. Um, I didn't even check the secondary ticket market. That was just what it was on Ticketmaster. But for decently reasonable seats that I was willing to sit in, they were about 60 bucks a pop. I tuned in on zone, and but I watched pretty much the whole game. It fluctuated between 400 and 500 viewers throughout the entire game. This is the best team Canada we've ever seen. And I know they don't have Andrew Wiggins, and that's brought some criticism from guys like you and I. And Jamal Murray will be a part of the team. He wasn't there this time. But that team Canada was awesome. I know you watched the game, too. They rolled Dominican Republic. They needed to win by 13, and they beat them by somewhere around 20 points. They have R.J. Barrett there, who was extremely entertaining to watch. Almost had an incredible cram that he missed by a couple of inches. Kelly Olynyk's handling the ball. Corey Joseph's doing his thing. They're, they're so deep right now at Canada basketball that, you know, a guy like Anthony Bennett doesn't even sniff the floor. They've got two top 30 recruits, RJ Barrett and Nemhard, Andrew Nemhard, who is his teammate, that are going to big program. He's going to Florida next year. All the pieces are essentially there for Team Canada basketball, and yet it was a sparsely attended event with very limited viewing online, and I wonder who you put that blame on because if the stars are going to show up I feel like the Canadian basketball fan community has to show up and prove to them that people actually care about these events otherwise we're going to go back into the dark ages the blame is shared I think you're right to be upset about it I'll start with the general basketball community of fans we love to pat ourselves on the back oh look what LeBron said about us oh my goodness he talked to Doris Burke and we got the best fans and we the north it's so real and basketball is growing in this country part of that 
equation is Canada basketball. Mm-hmm. And if we want to be a world power, part of that's internationally. We can't just trump how, how many players we put in the NBA, but when those players represent the country, we don't go and support them. And it's ridiculous that less people went to watch the national team and R.J. Barrett play at Rico then are going to watch R.J. Barrett play when he comes here and plays for Duke. Like, that makes no sense. Because mm-hmm. the level of basketball is... is they were insanely argue, good. ...argue better. And the stakes are extremely higher. So that's disappointing. So we should pump the brakes on, you know, loving how much we support basketball in this country when we don't actually support the national team in this country. The fact that we pack gyms to watch... Nike Crown League, which is a great event. I'm not saying we shouldn't. It's really cool that we do. We can't pack a gym to watch the national team. That's highly disappointing. I think the other part of it is the media. And we talked about it on Good Show. And, you know, there's a couple Canada guys on Tim and Sid. So it's not as if there was no coverage. There's been lots of articles written by the Star. And, you know, I believe there's a couple in The Athletic. So there has been coverage. Doug Smith was covering the team and good to see him back covering basketball and healthy again and shout out to the zone for stepping up where there is a gap and putting the games on and showing the games mm-hmm. and the basketballs the games are also you know you could see them on canadabasketball.ca if you didn't have the zone which kind of defeats the purpose of having the zone but that's not my issue the point is it should have never even got to that point where the zone can scoop in and get the games at some point it's chicken and egg yeah because I don't understand how tickets for the World Juniors in the Air Canada Center are more expensive than some Raptors tickets. But we can't get Rico Coliseum filled to see uh, our national team and $35 is too expensive? So I'll go through a couple of things here, though. One is that it's not late qualifying stages, so I think a lot of people were under the conception that... But, because I was too. Even, but people and, didn't even know that know, it was qualifying. But, but So the stage doesn't matter. I know, but some people, I think, looked at it and said, ah, these are supposed to be layup games. Call me in September when you're playing Brazil and Venezuela and these are they're going to be the big games. Dominican Republic, I think, was supposed to be a bigger game than it ended up being because to Basketball Canada, it was a big game. But to the general public, you hear Dominican Republic and for seeding in a team that you're supposed to beat but by 13. And I'm just playing our, devil's advocate. Our here. women's national team in soccer sells yep. out for friendlies. Dude, So I, I know, but I, they have the most electric Canadian star that we've ever seen in Christine Sinclair. So okay. it makes sense to me. And RJ Barrett can be the Christine yep. Sinclair of basketball. And I think he'll get there. But what I'm saying is I think the real test will be in September when they hit the next phase of qualifying where it's like Brazil, that's a big country. Okay, uh, Venezuela rematch. Let's see what ends up happening here. We want to see those big highlight real games. I think there is a little bit of tempered expectations because of one, the stage, to the distributor, which was, again, zone, and it was on Facebook. I think that it kind of was a poor job of advertising for it. Like, I just didn't see a lot. Like, I'm embedded in basketball in this country, and that thing snuck up on me in a big-time way. And I know that it's a busy time of year, and in Toronto we get focused on Tavares' watch was happening, and NBA free agency is around the corner, and the Toronto Blue Jays are losing Josh Donaldson to injury, and maybe he can't get traded. Like, there's a lot of distractions here, but I didn't see a lot of advertising for this on anywhere, like on social media. It wasn't pushed on me, so I could see a little bit why it didn't do well. But, yeah, I agree. People need to show up better, and if people are Canadian basketball fans and you get a $30 ticket to go see R.J. Barrett, I think that you should take advantage of that opportunity well, in the I, city. I agree, and I disagree with what you just said. I agree that it wasn't promoted heavily, and part of the reason why our, our 
women's national team sells out stadiums all across this country is because they go to youth soccer clubs mm. and those stands are filled with young soccer players and their moms and dads. Not to mention they've had success on the international level, like in the Olympics and in the Women's World Cup. And so we've become familiar with the players and they become household names and the program. They have, but they are promoted well. It's one thing the CSA does a, a good job of. I think some steps could be taken by Canada basketball, fostering those relationships with the basketball community and say, hey, listen, you know, bring a bus, your tickets are going to be discounted and we're going to give you a free Canada basketball jersey or there's going to be an autograph session with Corey Joseph for any club team that comes. Whatever. There are innovative ways that they could actually promote their existence better. The other part of this is were there ads all over the subway the way there were for Pan Am games or the Rogers Cup? No. But in order to do that with manpower or resources, fiscally, you need resources. And from a government level, giving Canada basketball money to go and do these things is, has not been a priority. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the, the budget between Hockey Canada and, and Canada basketball is a joke. Mm-hmm. And with the way that the immigration has changed the, the makeup and the demographics of our country, it should be a little bit more balanced. I agree. I, it's just that, again, you, you need to show out and you need to show support so that you can actually push for more funding like but to it, make but, it sh- look like it's a more growing thing because, sure but it's chicken and egg like which yeah, one starts I, first? i right? guess i just like i said to look at that feed on facebook and see 450 people watching i was like this is unbelievable i know it's friday night but 450 people like that's it that's who's watching this imagine if we found out only 450 people downloaded this podcast a week we'd be like oh my god like we're this is all what happened what happened to the numbers speaking of which People have been slacking in the reviews. People have been slacking oh with goodness. the five-star reviews. Well, we've been slacking in the episodes. I know they have been, but we're back and we, we want them. We want you to go leave five-star reviews and a comment. I know I've been teasing this forever, but we are going to do a Raptors off-season podcast preview, and I don't know exactly who the guests are going to be as of right now. i got a couple of ideas. I don't want to promise anybody, but we'll do a mailbag with them. So go leave your five-star review. Tell us what you like about this podcast. Tell us what you don't like about this podcast. Tell us what you think we can improve on. We appreciate that stuff. We look at that stuff. And again, thank you, Associates, though. Sorry for the long podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. We'll catch you soon. This is Free Association on sportsnet.ca.